Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Cindy Rain, and this is Bridge the Atlantic's Indie Spotlight. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic's Indie Spotlight, a brand new series where we introduce you to up-and-coming musicians that you need to know. We're your hosts, award-winning singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcy Novelli from Canada. And I'm music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians. Today on the show, we are chatting with singer-songwriter Cindy Rain out of New York City. Hey, Cindy. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic's Indie Spotlight. Hello. Thanks for having me. I kind of just want to jump right in and, and get chatting with you about uh, some interesting things that you've been a part of. Uh, for example, you recently crowdfunded your debut album. Can you tell us a little bit about how you found that process? And uh, <laughs> most importantly, yeah, what you learned throughout uh, through, through doing it. I've watched a couple. No, I watched a lot of people do crowdfunding campaigns before I decided to do one. Um, and I just noticed that there were some trends in those that were successful and those that weren't. So, you know, I did research um, and I took an online course to show me how to do it. Oh, okay. um, but the, the online course had a crowdfunding calculator and they basically said that based on the size of my following and based on the size of my mailing list, I should have been able to raise about $5,000. Mm-hmm. But when I looked at um, my needs <laughs> and how much they would have costed, I realized that I needed more like $20,000. And, you know, in the course, they had provisions for that. Their um, thought was, you know, you go for the 5,000 and then you set stretch goals. But just knowing my community, had I set the goal for $5,000, I would have raised Mm $5,000 easily. And then people would have been like, okay, good job. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's how most people are. Yeah, there's a big gap between 5,000 and 20,000. And I don't mm-hmm. know that people would have filled that gap. Yeah. So um, I did a Kickstarter and I just, you know, went for the 20,000. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people because I've lived in New York City. I've lived in different parts of North Carolina. Um, I went to really big schools in New York City. So I was like, I have a pretty big um, community. I'm, I'm sure I can, I can figure this out. However... <laughs> It turned out that um, it wasn't as, as easy as I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the campaign, which was set for 30 days, I'd raised maybe $3,000. Right. So I went into panic mode and I mm-hmm. realized that I was terrified of asking people for money. Um, and it was just, it was bad. Like I, it made me sick to my stomach. It stressed me out. Yeah. Um, I've done it twice. I, <laughs> I had every limiting belief about money and asking for money that I had was reflected back to me verbatim. <laughs> so I had people in my inbox, like, why are you asking for so much money? You could do this cheaper. I could have found you a cheaper producer. Um, and you know, that had me feeling like, who am I to ask for all this money? You said that you looked at a few different campaigns and is there one thing that you can kind of point out from each of them? 
Because I've studied crowdfunding so much, <laughs> I can basically look at a campaign and see whether or not it's going to be successful. I can look at a campaign and say, okay, they haven't done any research. This has kind of been thrown together. There are a lot of people who will say, hey, I'm doing a campaign, I'm trying to raise money to do this music. Can I have some money, please? Thanks. Yeah. And then there are people who say, you know, this is about my purpose. This is what I'm trying to do. This is what the project is about, you know, and, and they tie it to something it. that's, yeah, it. it's, yeah, they tie it to something that's greater than just, hey, I want to create an album. And I believe that you have a crowdfunding course to, to offer to help people through the process. Yes. So it's called Pressure Campaign and you can find it at uh, pressurecampaign.net. So I have an online course to teach people everything that I learned and how to do it. And um, I also do consulting for people who just want to chat with me about their campaigns. Um, I'd like to jump into the single release. So you recently released the lead single, uh, Irresistible Me, from mm -hmm. the upcoming album. But I know you ran into a few legal issues. <laughs> uh, really quickly, if you can summarize what those issues were and how you overcame them so that other people can avoid similar kind of thing. I wrote Irresistible Me in 2012 to a track that I purchased from a producer that I met in North Carolina. And... He sent me a licensing agreement for that track. Um, and I made the mistake of not having a lawyer look at it before I signed it. So I read through it and I was just like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Um, and it said things like, you know, he owned 100 percent of the music and he got whatever percentage of whatever. And again, like reading it, it was very clear to me that he was talking about the music that he was licensing to me. However, in court, if you look at that document, the document did not say what music we were referring to. So it didn't um, specify whether it was just his track. It didn't specify whether or not it was the song that was created from the track. Um, it was just very vague. Um, I ended up not using his track. I ended up going to England and having someone else do it. So our agreement didn't really work. So I went back to him and I said, hey, how do we fix this? Because this agreement that we have doesn't work. I'm not using your track. Do you feel like I owe you anything? So he listens to it and he says, oh, there are no samples. You didn't use my track. No problem. But since my track influenced your song, I feel like you owe me a percentage of the publishing. Spoke to different people and there were different ideas on, on whether or not that was true. I was fine with giving him that because, again, if it wasn't for his track, I wouldn't have had the song. So That's I was a like, tricky cool. one, though, because we're all influenced by things. I could hear a song on the radio, exactly. go home and write a song. and Exactly. So that's a but tough one. But that's my, a little different, though. I understand you co-wrote a song with him and then you changed it. So that is that is iffy. Yeah, it's very, very muddy. But I was like, fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll just give him the 15%. When it got muddy and I started asking lawyers about it, they said... It depends on what the original agreement says. What does the original agreement say? So we looked at the original agreement and the original agreement says he owns 100% of everything. So I quickly had to get out of that agreement um, so that we could create something new that worked for the both of us. But I had to do that in a way that was not drawing attention to how problematic the original agreement was. So I had my lawyer draw up a new agreement and send it to him because there was no guarantee that he would make any money off of the deal. Mm -hmm. He didn't feel like it was in his best interest to oh, hire a lawyer to read it. Okay. So he sat on it for about six months and was just kind of like, doo, 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 doo. and I'm like, I need you to sign this because oh, I can't dear. release my music until you sign this thing. So I, did you get him to sign it? It took a year. Oh gosh. So what did we learn from this? Right off the bat, <laughs> before you sign anything, 
you Make find sure yourself, you have a lawyer. Yes, unless, it, unless it, if anything, especially if anything looks suspicious in it. Just very quickly, I want to ask um, for any artist that's planning a single or album release, um, and they've never done this before, is there one piece of advice you'd offer based on your own experience? Get a coach. Do some research. Find okay. someone who's done it before. Ask them what they did. Find out what mistakes they made so you don't make those same mistakes. That's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be someone that sold millions of records. It can be anyone. Mm-hmm. And like speaking me. of... Um, an upcoming album. Uh, what can people expect from the new album when it drops? <laughs> so I love this album because it is, it, it shows a lot of range. So there is Irresistible Me, which has kind of like a funk beat. And then like the, the chorus turns into soca in, inspired music. <laughs> awesome. um, there's one, there's one track that starts off as a funk beat and then is Latin inspired. There's one song that's a, a, ballad with just strings so it's and very eclectic piano it's very I love that. are you eclectic as an art like uh what you listen to do you listen to a lot of different things yes so you so, want to bring that in awesome that's what i do as yeah. well it's like why limit yourself your voice ties it all in together anyway yeah and, exactly. and i've got to say cindy's vibrato is like my favorite vibrato you, you i remember that, yeah. i remember tweeting tweeting that to thank you, you once <laughs> thank you very much so we're, we can expect a very eclectic album, but your voice, I'm assuming, ties it all together and it's going to yeah, sound fantastic. And uh, the instrumentation ties it all together. Sure, it's the same sure. band on, all the, on right. all the tracks. You're just trying a little different flavors. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes for an exciting album, I think. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for chatting with us, Cindy. And uh, make sure to follow Cindy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cindy Rain, which is C-I-N-D-Y-R-A-I-N-N-E. And as for us, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and YouTube. Don't forget to visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you are there. We also have Bridge the Atlantic shirts available to purchase on our website. Marcy and I are modeling them as we always do. If you use the coupon code BTA Rocks, you'll get 10% off your purchase. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon to help us keep showcasing indie talent thanks for tuning in to indie spotlight we'll see you next time planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.